It's the 11th of November in the year of our salvation, 2008. This is Martin Mass, the Feast of St. Martin of Tours, who died in 397. And you're back with Father Z at another podcast. We welcome as our guest today, Sulpicius Severus, who died sometime between 420 and 425. He's the early biographer of St. Martin, who died, as I mentioned, in 397. And we're going to hear a little bit of his biography of Martin about the death of St. Martin. And we'll also hear a poem by an English poet named John Clare, a very beautiful poem called Martin Mass. And then I'm going to ramble for a while with uh, some observations about St. Martin and uh, just a little trivia. St. Martin of Tours was born in 316, and he is a patron of soldiers, very appropriate for what is Veterans Day today in the United States. Martin became a Christian catechumen as a child, and then at 15 years old he joined the cavalry, and he would remain as a soldier for uh, quite a bit of his early life. Uh, as a soldier, he had a vision when he was near the city of Amiens, uh, St. Martin is uh, most famous for cutting his cloak in half and giving it to a beggar. Well, that night he had a dream of Christ saying to the angels, Here is Martin, the Roman soldier, who is not baptized. He has clad me. And so uh, this confirmed in uh, Martin the need to be a Christian and so he was baptized at 18 years old and he stayed in the military until uh, just before a battle that was to take place against the Gauls in 336 uh, Martin determined that he could not fight in good conscience as a Christian uh, he offered to lead his troops into battle unarmed uh, but before the battle engaged the Gauls gave in so he didn't have to do that but afterwards, Martin left the military life, and uh, he went to Tours and became a student of St. Hilary of Poitiers. And uh, so as a result, he drank in uh, with his uh, Christianity a Trinitarian theology and also a strongly anti-Aryan view. Uh, we have to remember also that Hilary wound up getting exiled for a while, but when Hillary came back from his exile in 361, Martin established a monastery, uh, which remains today. It's the Benedictine Abbey at Liguguet. So uh, he would uh, 
be a strong supporter of monasticism for his whole life. Now, in 371, Martin was proclaimed Bishop of Tours, and uh, he uh, was very uh, popular in the Middle Ages, and has remained so today, especially especially among the Catholic Marines whom I know. It seems like several Catholic Marines of my acquaintance either have a, a Martin medal, or perhaps they're even named Martin. Well, let's hear uh, the English and the Latin uh, from the Office of Readings in the Liturgia Orarum for today. Uh, this is taken from A Life of St. Martin, written by Sulpicius Severus. Now, Sulpicius Severus uh, was a writer in Aquitaine, which is in part in France. Uh, Sulpicius Severus died sometime between 420 and 425. Uh, he was a friend of St. Paulinus of Nola. Uh, Nola, of course, is in Italy, and that's where St. Paulinus eventually wound up. But Paulinus was originally from Aquitaine, and he must have known Sulpicius Severus. Uh, Paulinus uh, was a great correspondent, and so we have, I believe, letters uh, between Paulinus and Sulpicius. We have letters uh, between a uh, we have letters of Paulinus with Augustine also. Anyway, he was a great correspondent. So Sulpicius Severus uh, was the earliest biographer of St. Martin, and uh, Martin, who died, St. Martin, who died in 397, the same year as St. Ambrose. So we'll hear the English and the Latin. And as you listen to this, I just want to point out for you uh, how Sulpicius calls Martin ineffabilis, Ineffable, in other words, unable to be described with words, and which is terribly amusing because the American bishops today approved the translation of prayers with the word ineffable, which the inveterate enemy of the word ineffable, Bishop Troutman, the uh, eerie bishop in uh, Pennsylvania, Troutman had tried with all his powers of persuasion to strike down the invidious ineffable. But his brother bishops would have nothing of it, and they took the excellent bishop Arthur Saratelli's advice as head of the liturgy committee to approve ineffable because it actually translates the word ineffabilis. It's therefore more accurate, and as other bishops uh, were quick to say, people are smart enough to figure it out. So let's hear now Sulpicius Severus's account of the death of Martin of Tours from the Office of Readings for today. Martin knew long in advance the time of his death, and he told his brethren that it was near. Meanwhile, he found himself obliged to make a visitation of the parish of Cond. The clergy of that church were quarreling, and he wished to reconcile them. Although he knew that his days on earth were few, he did not refuse to undertake the journey for such a purpose, for he believed that he would bring his virtuous life to a good end, if by his efforts peace was restored in the church. He spent some time at Cond, or rather in its church, where he stayed. Peace was restored, and he was planning to return to his monastery when suddenly he began to lose his strength. He summoned his brethren, 
and told them he was dying. All who heard this were overcome with grief. In their sorrow they cried to him with one voice, Father, why are you deserting us? Who will care for us when you are gone? Savage wolves will attack your flock, and who will save us from their bite when our shepherd is struck down? We know you long to be with Christ, but your reward is certain, and will not be any less for being delayed. You will do better to show pity for us, rather than forsake us. Thereupon he broke into tears, for he was a man in whom the compassion of our Lord was continually revealed. Turning to our Lord, he made this reply to their pleading, Lord, if your people still need me, I am ready for the task. Your will be done. Here was a man words cannot describe. Death could not defeat him, nor toil dismay him. He was quite without a preference of his own. He neither feared to die, nor refused to live. With eyes and hands always raised to heaven, he never withdrew his unconquered spirit from prayer. It happened that some priests who had gathered at his bedside suggested that he should give his poor body some relief by lying on his other side. He answered, Allow me, brothers, to look toward heaven rather than on earth, so that my spirit may set on the right course when the time comes for me to go on my journey to the Lord. As he spoke these words, he saw the devil standing near. Why do you stand there, you bloodthirsty brute? he cried. Murderer! You will not have me for your prey. Abraham is welcoming me into his embrace. With these words he gave up his spirit to heaven. Filled with joy, Martin was welcomed by Abraham. Thus he left this life a poor and lowly man, and entered heaven rich in God's favor. Martinus obitum suum longe ante prescivit, dixitque fratribus dissolutionem sui corporis ibinere. Interea causa extitit qua condacensem diocesim visitaret. Nam clericis inter se ecclesiae ilius discordantibus pacem cupiens reformare, licet finem dierum suorum non ignoraset, Proficici tamen ob istius modi causam non recusavit. Bonam hanc virtutum suarum consumationem existimans, si pacem ecclesiae reditam reliquisset. Aliquandiu ergo in vico illo vel in ecclesia, ad quam ierat comoratus, pace inter clericos restituta, Cum iam regridi ad monasterium cogitaret, viribus corporis cepit repente destitui. Convertisque fratribus indicat se iam resolvi. Tum vero meror, et luctus omnium, et vox una plangentium, cur nos pater desiris, aut cui nos desolatus relinquis, invadent gregem tuum lupira paces, Quis nos amorsibus eorum percuso pastore prohibebit? Cimus quidem desiderare te Christum, 
sed salve tibi sunt tua premia nec dilata minuentur, nostri potius miserere cos deseris. Tunc ile motus his fletibus, ut totus semper in domino misericordiae visceribus affluebat lacrimasse peribetur. Conversusque ad dominum hac tantum flentibus voce respondit, Domine, si ad hoc popolo tuo sum necessarius, non recuso laborem, fiat voluntas tua. O virum ineffabilem, nec labore victum, nec morte vincendum, qui in nullam se partem pronior inclinaverit, nec morit timuerit, nec vivere recusarit. Oculis tamen ac manibus in celum semper intentis, invictum ab orationis spiritum non relaxabat, et cum a presbiteris, qui tunc ad eum convenerant, rogaretur ut corpusculum latris mutatione relevaret, sineti inquit sinete me, fratres, celum potius respicere quam terram, ut suo iam itinere iturus ad dominum spiritus dirigatur, Hec locutus diabolum vidit proper assistere, quid hic inquid astas cruenta bestia, nihil in me funeste reperies, abrehe me sinus recibit. Cum hac ergo voce spiritum celo redidit, Martinus abrehe sinulatus excipitur, Martinus pauperet modicus celum dives ingreditur. That was Sulpicius Severus's account of the death of St. Martin of Tours, who died in 397. And did you note the way that the author linked Martin's death to the scriptural account given us by the Lord, the story of Dives and Lazarus, the rich man uh, who didn't help the beggar at his doorstep, and the fate of each we read this in Luke 16. Remember that the poor man, when he died, was welcomed into the bosom of Abraham. And Sulpicius Severus, of course, uses that language here to remind us of, uh, of the story. Uh, the rich man, of course, is punished in hell. So I think Sulpicius's account here of Martin's death also has a moralizing intent. Uh, Martin was famously generous to the poor man, and we are to imitate him, lest our fate at the end of our life be less than pleasant. Now, of course, we should be happy to help the poor for the love of God and neighbor, which is a far more perfect motive than fear of eternal punishment. Uh, of course, fear of punishment is enough to get us into action, of course, but it is a less perfect motive than charity. I also uh, called to my mind the line uh, in the famous hymn Panis Angelicus, which is from the longer hymn of St. Thomas Aquinas called Sacris Solemnis, which he composed for the Feast of Corpus Christi. Uh, Thomas calls the Lord, who condescends to make himself bread for man to eat, 
a servant who is pauper et humilis, and Sulpicius calls Martin pauper et modicus. Now, modicus, of course, means modest or ordinary, uh, as well as uh, uh, in the proper measure, like well-balanced or something like that, proportionate. Now, I'm not saying that there's a connection between uh, this Life of St. Martin by Sulpicius Severus and the composition of the Sacra Solemnis by Thomas Aquinas, uh, only that that combination, that pair of words, reminded me of uh, what Aquinas would write many centuries later in Sacra Solemnis.
One of the many blogs I follow is that of the Laudator Temporisacti, which is the labor of Michael Gilliland from St. Paul, Minnesota, my hometown. He has many interesting entries about classical philology and literature, and so I look at him every day. Well, today he posted uh, very appropriately a short poem called Martin Mass by the English poet John Clare, written on the 11th of November in 1841. And I thought I would share it today, not only because it's about St. Martin's Day today, but also because it very much describes um, what I am experiencing here at the Sabine Farm at this point of the year. Uh, there are a few words that you're going to want to listen for, uh, some very different words not usually used. Uh, first of all, the word rig means ridge in uh, this uh, poem, which picks up some of the, the dialect uh, of John Clare. He was born around Peterborough in England. Uh, so a, rid a rig is a ridge, and aws are haws. You're dropping the H there. Uh, haws, haws is a kind of like a hedge, a hedge of some sort. He talks about awthorns instead of hawthorns. Blee is bleak, and docks are a kind of weed. You think of the the English word burdocks. Burdocks, that's a weed. Dotterels. A dotteral is a, a pollard tree. I have no idea what a pollard tree is. Someone maybe can chime in on the blog and tell us. Dikes are ditches, and not the other thing. And uh, flags are reeds. And starnels are starlings. So let's listen to John Clare's poem, Martin Mass. Tis Martin Mass from rig to rig. Cloud fields and meadowlands are blee. In hedge and field each restless twig is dancing on the naked tree. Flags in the dikes are bleached and brown. Docks by its sides are dry and dead. All but the ivy boughs are brown upon each leaning dotteral's head. Crimsoned with awes, the awthorns blend o'er meadow dikes and rising floods. The wild geese seek the reedy fen, and dark the storm comes o'er the woods. The crowds of lapwings load the air with buzzes of a thousand wings. Their flocks of starnels, too, repair when morning o'er the valley springs. That was Martin Mass, written on the 11th of November in 1841 by the English poet John Clare. And uh, one of the interesting words that he uses in there is starnels, starnels, for the word starlings, the bird. Well, in Italian, uh, starlings are storni, which is kind of related to starnels and starlings. And Storny, whenever I think about starlings or Storny, I remember watching 
the weird and incredibly undulating clouds of starlings flocking together over Rome. Uh, every evening they would flock together in these weird patterns, huge clouds of birds that look like like writhing smoke in the sky. Very, very strange uh, to see. One of the most spectacular places to watch that happen uh, every evening is near the Stazione Termini, the, the big train station. Uh, when I was living outside of Rome, I had to take the train in and out of town each day, of course, from the Stazione Termini, and so I saw these clouds of birds all the time, the Storni. And I have often wondered if that isn't what the ancient Roman augurs were looking at. Of course, among other things and other kinds of birds. In ancient Rome, one of the offices or priesthoods, college of priests, were the augurs who would practice augury. They would take the auspices, the auspices, and so they would observe the flight of birds. As Livy, Livy says, everything in war and peace, at home and abroad, was done only after taking the divinations. And so they were trying to divine, by watching the flight or the patterns of birds, if the moment was auspicious to do uh, something, like you know, go to war, make a building, or you know, whatever it might be. I mean, they did everything, everything in war and peace was done uh, after divining whether it was auspicious to do so. Uh, well, in any event, I put a YouTube video on the blog under the entry for this podcast of the Starlings, uh, filmed by someone, I have no idea who, at the Stazio, right near the Stazione Termini, where I was talking about it. It looks like this was actually probably shot near the Piazza della Repubblica, but it'll give you a sense of the strange patterns that they would form in the sky. Um, also, in Italy, sticking with Italy for a second, and the Feast of St. Martin, the Italians uh, sometimes call this day uh, La Festa dei Cornuti, the, uh, which means really the Feast of the Cuckolds. If you don't know what a cuckold is, um, it cuckold is a man whose wife is having an affair with another man, usually known by everyone except the man himself, the, the husband himself. Uh, so today is the Festa dei Cornuti for Italian, because the date, 1111, reminds Italians of the hand gesture for a cuckold, which is like making little horns with your fingers. You stick out your index finger and your little finger while keeping your hand closed and your thumb over it so that you make little horns sticking out. The two hands raised this way like horns makes 1111 and so that's you know that's kind of what they're thinking okay so uh, it, that, that probably comes from this horns issue uh, is a phrase for a cuckold to put horns on someone means to cuckold a man uh, cuckold, of course, comes the old, from the old French word for the bird, the cuckoo. We're back to birds again. A bird, uh, the cuckoo, lays its eggs in another bird's nest. And uh, so that image of wearing horns comes from the idea that uh, um, everyone everyone can see the horns except the guy who's wearing them, I think, is, is what the point is. Um, also, sticking with St. Martin, um, on a happier note... Uh, St. Martin is 
in Italy the legendary bell ringer instead of Brother Jim or Brother James, Frère Jacques, as it is in almost every language. When you sing that song, that famous, famous song, which is sung very often in a round, it's uh, virtually in every language, I think it's it's James. Uh, but in, no, not in Italy. It's San Martino, or Fra Martino is the variation. Brother Martin or San Martino, St. Martin. And I learned this uh, many years ago when I was in seminary in Italy. And on the very first day of seminary, I was named by the rector to be the Campanaro, the bell ringer. So I had to ring the bells every day for rising and before meals and before mass and prayers and also at the end of the day when silence was supposed to begin i was the campanaro so a bunch of the guys there in seminary called me san martino or fra martino and uh, here's my last saint martin story uh, i was once traveling through france with a friend and we stopped in tour uh, after a stay at the Abbey of Foncombeau, which isn't really very far from Tours. And when we went to the cathedral uh, to venerate the relics of St. Martin, we found the doorkeeper was just about to lock up. He was closing the door, but in seeing a Roman collar, together with a smile, he uh, not only let us in, but he took us up behind the main altar where he unlocked the reliquary, and he took out the skull of St. Martin of Tours, and he put it into my hands. And uh, let's just say that I was very impressed. And so uh, I'll wrap it up with that story, all about St. Martin. I hope the podcasts are of use to you. If they are, please chime in on the blog found at, as you know, wdtprs.com, Whiskey Delta Tango, Papa Romeo Sierra. And tell your friends about it. And if you can't remember that, you can always tell them to just Google Father Z and you'll find your way to my blog. And you can also get there now by a new domain that I have, Father Z Online, one word, F-A-T-H-E-R-Z Online, fatherzonline.com. So come and visit us. And in the meantime, please say a prayer for me as I will for you. 